Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Trashy Divorces, everybody's favorite good podcast about bad relationships. I'm Stacy and Alicia, we're pulling one out from season eight today. This is a tribute episode. Hey friends, Alicia here, and this morning with the news of the passing of Jimmy Buffett, it seemed like the very best time to honor him in the trashy way we do with bringing this one out from November 2020 to you today. And honestly, it's not as trashy as you might expect. There's a bit of a love story in this one and a tribute to a talented man and consummate performer. Let's all raise a glass to Jimmy and... Go, go, go. Alicia, you have uh, the neighbor of Strongheart Manor, is that correct? I do. Where you have a favorite story in this ilk. Mm -hmm. I have a favorite story in this ilk. And I am a parrot head. I was a parakeet. Buffett was one of my very first shows. There's not a day that has gone by in my going on almost five decades of life that I have not heard Jimmy Buffett. It's my happy place. The love story of Jimmy Buffett and Jane is a love letter to marriage and finding your person and working it out. And it's an example for all of us. (laughs) There is one trashy divorce included. Wonderful. An early marriage with a trashy divorce, but it wasn't the one. And then Jimmy finds the one and almost loses the one. Oh, it's a tale with everything. I love this story. You ready? Just digesting my cheeseburger in paradise, so. Fins up. Let's do this. James William Buffett. He's a Christmas Day baby born in 1946. Capricorn man. So might tell you all you need to know about this story, but wait, there's more. Jimmy from Pascagoula, Mississippi. He's a Catholic kid. Raised around nuns. He's in the band. He's also a cheerleader in high school, too, because that's how you get the girls. Yeah, But no he's doubt. not getting the girls. Woo. Oh, really? I'm, I'm surprised. <laughs> <laughs> he graduates high school in 1964. Will head to Auburn University, War Eagle. Drops out. Comes home to Mississippi, where he will attend the University of Southern Mississippi. And when he gets back home to Mississippi all through this time, he's busking in New Orleans. And he starts to book some clubs. He's making it big, pulling in crowds of 75 people a night Hmm. at the coolest places down on Bourbon Street. He will graduate with a degree in journalism that's going to come in handy in a few years. But let's meet Jimmy's first bride in Trashy Divorce. Numero uno. Numero uno. After Jimmy graduates, he's going to propose to his girlfriend. Her name is Margie Washacek. And young love conquers all, right? Mm -hmm. Not exactly. I found this amazing article from the Mobile Press Register from July 21st of 1969. There's a cute picture of Jimmy and Margie who were married just the week before in 1969 after college graduation. And Jimmy's like a hometown hero, right? 
He's played in Mobile. He's played in Biloxi. He's played in New Orleans. He's played in Auburn. Like, he is on the yeah, like southeastern regional circuit. musical powerhouse or something. So this whole article, local boy headed to Nashville because he has a new recording contract and a new pretty wife, and they're going to set the world on fire. Now, Margie is a local Mobile girl, so they just got married last week, and before she was the first Mrs. James William Buffett, Margie is pretty active in uh, Mobile life. She is the Miss USS Alabama. She is an Azalea Trail maid, as well as serving on the Gafer's Teen, she's a model for Gafer's Teen Board. Gafer's was a really big department store. Kind of remember, yeah. They, Down they were, in Mobile. Yeah, I think they may have had some in northern Alabama when it was like very We had young. Wakefields and Martins and Anniston. Like, every kind of regional area had its own. Yeah. Anyway, Gafer's is where you went in Mobile if you wanted the fancy stuff. Margie is also Jimmy's number one fan. And she is interviewed for yeah. his... Local the kids going to Nashville to make spread, it big. yeah. So she's going to tell the Mobile Press Register about her role in her new husband's career. And I quote. Can't wait. I'm fairly critical, so Jimmy plays his songs for me first, and I tell him what I think of them. But of course, his word is final. I also lend him moral support, believing that he is very talented, and I have all the confidence in the world that he will be a great success in the field of music. Wow. Met a Capricorn man. Also, that just sounds. Yeah, I'm not sure if she's actually met her Capricorn husband. It It's a fair question. But the young newlyweds do head up to Nashville to make it big. And it turns out just getting to Nashville does not a rock star make. It does not. It does not. In fact, it frequently will grind you to dust. Well, and Jimmy, he's not country or folk or rock and roll. He's not really anything right now. He's. Jimmy and doing stuff that Nashville doesn't really know how to market or mm-hmm. package. And like Jimmy just starting out doesn't really know himself. He is trying to be Gordon Lightfoot. His first album, 324 copies sell. That's it. And then the <laughs> tracks are lost. I mean, it leaves a lot of room to grow, I think they would say. <laughs> well, he's not exactly setting the world on fire. Sure. And... The strain of, well, in fact, we are actually not making it big. And marriage maybe isn't all it's cracked up to be. Young love goes bad. And Jimmy's not raking in the dough with music, but will answer an ad in a local paper. There's a journalism major needed, and Jimmy's like, I got this. He applies for the gig. And now Jimmy has a job, which unbelievably enough is writing music reviews for Billboard magazine. Wow. Jimmy's like, this is great. They send me free albums. I get to get into shows. (laughs) Jimmy says he never writes a bad review because he knew what it took to get up on the stage and actually perform. It's like, I I never was mean to anybody. Every show was great. (laughs) That is extremely commendable. (laughs) Well, the other benefit that this gig will teach Jimmy is he learns the music business. He learns how to actually make money in the biz, which is not as an artist. It's as a promoter. How do you be the artist and be your own promoter? So there's a lot of lessons that he's filing away here. I don't know if Capricorn men are kind of ambitious. But he realizes that uh, even if you're the supply, you could also be the supply chain. 
Jimmy says, it's up to you to figure out how to take advantage or to manage whatever you're going to do. Like, for instance, here's a good example. Why am I going to pay a promoter to rent a piano in every town we tour when I can buy a piano, pay for it in 10 shows, and have it for years and years, right? It's just, Jimmy wants rights to publishing, and his record company is like, no, dude, you're the artist. You don't need to bother your pretty head about that. And he's like, okay, we're done. I'm done with this music thing. So the kids are scraping by, but even their love cannot save them. As Jimmy will sing in his song, Migration, one of my favorites, I got married too early, cost me much more than a ring. So Margie and Jimmy fizzle out fairly quickly. They're split. End in 1970, early 71. And even though the divorce will not be finalized until 1972, trashy Mm -hmm. divorce one happens. But 1971 is kind of a big year for Jimmy. With Nashville not exactly working out, it's not the right fit. But Jimmy, personable guy, has made some friends along the way. Two in particular that are about to change his life. Number one, Jerry Jeff Walker and Teresa Murphy Clark. The two of them with their young son are like, hey, Jimmy, you need to change the scenery, man. We're going to Florida. They land in Coconut Grove outside of Miami for a few weeks. Acclimate Jimmy to the culture. Make sure Jimmy's cool. And then it's time for the real adventure to begin. So they all pile into Jerry Jeff's silver and maroon 1947 Packard sedan. It's called the Flying Lady. And they make the drive all the way down A1A through the Keys and end up in Key West. And Key West in November of 1971, beginning of 72, y'all. Fishermen, hippies, pirates, writers, gays, artists, military. Key West is a town of charm and awesome and quirky and weird and wonderful it is. One of my favorite places on earth. I just love it. But in the early 70s, Key West is a whole different... I'm sure. ...cacophony of awesome. It was probably kind of affordable at this point, right? Like it's, I, Yeah, much it, more in affordable a way that it is than it is now. Well, and Jimmy's like found a home. I found me a home. Key West is going to change Jimmy's life. He's still playing, but he's working on a fishing boat. And maybe smuggling some grass while we're at it and scraping by and learning a whole new language of living on an island. And what's island time? And he goes to see the sunset every night on Mallory Point. His song Tin Cup Chalice is about that. Like, it is a time of creative exploration of let me figure out who I am as an artist. He's going to make some more albums and he's going to find wife number two, his true and lasting love. And although there are one or two false starts, I do believe they found their stride. I love this story. Okay, so Jimmy gets to Key West, and one of the places that he hangs out at and plays at is this place called the Chart Room Bar, which is part of the Pier House Motel. Spring of 1972, Jimmy's friend, Groovy, is like, Hey, Jimmy, have you met my friend and roommate from back when I was at University of South Carolina? And Jimmy sets eyes on Jane Slagsvall, and our love story begins. Let's talk a little bit about Jane, Sally Jane. She's a Leo gal. She's an August baby. Really, really private. So I can't pin down the exact day, but I can verify based on a later star-studded birthday party that we'll talk about in tidbits this week. She's an August baby, Leah. From Columbia, South Carolina, 
Jane's dad is an insurance executive. Her grandpa's an oil executive. Jane graduates high school in 1969, so she's a few years younger than Jimmy. I don't know if you heard. He goes for younger women. He's lived with several a while. Jane attends University of South Carolina beginning in 1969, stays through 72, because there's a spring break trip that she's taking down to Key West where she's going to hook up with her friend Groovy from back home. And hey, have you met my friend Jimmy? Hey, Trash Pandas, when you need a brain break from your day, let me recommend the game June's Journey for Android and iPhone. It's a hidden object mystery game where you are solving a murder, uncovering family secrets, and, I don't know, exposing official corruption? All in an extremely stylish 1920s setting. Every scene takes you deeper into the mystery and introduces you to an expansive cast of characters as June Parker explores the questions surrounding her sister's apparent murder-suicide at the family's beachfront estate. Add your own elements to the island from lush gardens to gorgeous new buildings. This story has so many twists and turns. Right now, we are on a global journey attempting to rescue June's niece, Virginia. It's a great combo of gameplay. It's a memory puzzle, a design project, an intriguing storyline with genuinely fabulous art. When you want to let your mind wander, relax into this glorious 1920s murder mystery and get lost in the fun. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. It's a love affair. The pair is smitten, but not without challenges. Jimmy's trying to break through and Jane is going to be his rock and support kind of from this time on, although sometimes closer in proximity than others. They date. They fight. They date more. They live together. They fight. There is a time that there's this big blow up and Jimmy leaves Jane to go play a show in San Francisco in which he will write, Come Monday, for Jane. She's even in the video for Come Monday. Check the Trashy Divorces website for that gem. Come Monday is the first musical bookend that I want you to know in the bookends of their love story. Jimmy will dedicate 1974's Living and Dying in Three Quarter Time, good album to her. Jane's going to sail with them. They lead a magical and charmed life. Come Monday apparently works. Write me a song. It's kind of a baller move. They reunite. Jane and Jimmy get married August 27th, 1977. The Eagles is their reception band. So that's kind of fun. It's my friend Don, Glenn. So I guess he he kind of broke through during their courtship. Well, Glenn Fry and Jimmy Buffett, I think were neighbors in somewhere forever and ever. They were big buddies. Like, yeah, Glenn, he played at my wedding. Okay. They honeymoon in Paris. It's amazing. A few sweet things here. Jimmy will call Jane his soulmate. He is wowed at everything that she can do. She can cook peach cobbler on a fishing boat in rough seas. She can interact comfortably at high profile events. Like Jane is a girl that apparently you can take anywhere. She is impeccable, immaculate. Like to hear, she's very private, but to hear people describe her, she just is amazing. Jimmy says she's like Mr. Spock. She's logical. She's a smart thinker, smart woman in a real short skirt, right? I admire Jane for a lot of reasons as well. Most especially is when she hears cheeseburger in paradise for the first time. 
She says that is the stupidest song I have ever heard. And I agree with you, Jane. I'll still sing it every time it comes on, but it's the stupidest song ever. I can attest that when it comes on, you will sing it, but you will also say, this is, this the, is the stupidest, stupidest Buffett song, song ever. ever. Yeah. Okay. So Jimmy and Jane going to make their dreams happen. Jane is going to travel with Jimmy and the Coral Reefers from 1977 to the early 80s. They have their first child in 1979, a daughter, Savannah. And Jane's going to stick with it for a few more years. But by the early 80s, Jane has kind of had enough of the rock and roll lifestyle, the drugs, the partying, and seeing the damage that it's doing to her husband. Like, there are some heady days that are happening in the early 1980s, right? And Jimmy, I've been drunk now for over two weeks, passed out on a rally, sprung a few leaks, right? Down to rock bottom again. It's not a good time for Jimmy. And Jimmy and Jane, even though they're going to remain close friends, will be separated from the early 80s for almost a decade, like eight years. Jimmy says, I got eight years off for bad behavior. Because hmm. Jane's a mom and there's a kid to care for. And she's finding some kind of ground to stand on when you see someone you love making terrible decisions night after night. Jane's like, work it out, man. She's always kind of staying behind the scenes. She's not the vaudevillian performer that her husband is. She's a little bit more grounded. Jane's keeping everything in line. There is a divorce petition put in in 1988. That petition is withdrawn the following year in 1989. Jimmy and Jane fully reunite in 1991 and have been... Happily ever after. So, like, they just took the 80s off, basically? Then. That's I'm, really I'm gonna, funny, because they got together in the early 70s. We're coming back around. Hold on. So, there's another baby, born in 1992, Delaney. You may have heard of her. She talks to statues. Delaney actually has done the most magnificent thing with Dad during the quarantine. Jimmy is putting out November 27th. The album that he's making with Delaney. It's called Songs You Don't Know by Heart. So when the quarantine happens, Jimmy quarantines everybody in California. So needing something to do. Like, he never sits around for very long. He puts a call out to his parrot heads. Like, what songs do you always wish that I would play that I don't? You have any idea how many responses he gets in the first hour to that? Um, Twelve thousand <laughs> yeah that was not the number i was gonna guess <laughs> so these videos are charming and have been packaged into a new release coming out with some of the lesser known buffett songs but beloved by true parrot heads oh bt dubs i have mine on order already not surprised anyway. jimmy and jane adopt a son in 1994 is this my christmas gift to you <laughs> yeah maybe excellent Jimmy says he needs a man around the house. He's got all girls between his wife and his daughters, and all the pets are girls, too. Cameron Marley is that kid named after middle, the Robert of the same name. Bob Marleyo. So what causes this change, right? We've seen so many trashy divorces split in that time where it just all goes bad and there's no reconciliation. There's no... It just, there, there's no getting back together. How did these crazy kids get back together? Yes. At the end of the 1980s, mid, mid to end of the 80s, Jimmy in this time is in his early 40s. And he talks about playing a particular show where he is hung over. 
And he's like, the audience didn't know. My adrenaline got me through it, but I was so ashamed of myself. I disappointed myself. I disappointed the audience. And Jimmy in his 40s is really having some moments of reckoning. Like, I do not want my family to be ashamed of me. And my hangovers, now that I'm getting a little older. I was going to say, yeah, you can you can do a lot in your 20s that you just can't in your 40s. Well, it was fine when I was hungover for a day. But now my hangovers are taking just as long as post-op recovery from surgery. They're two or three days, two weeks, right? Like, he is really reckoning with himself and will put himself into therapy to begin working all his ish out and does to where Jimmy is becoming pancake dad. He wakes up now the time he used to go to bed. He rarely drinks. Uh, he doesn't smoke pot anymore. And it's quite a dichotomy from the leader and king of living the laid back lifestyle. Uh, Jimmy lays back in a whole different way now with the joy of his wife and family and travel and music and friends and all of his businesses. He, at latest estimate, is worth about $550 million. So probably financially fine. So, sounds like he may be comfortable, yes. He really did learn a lot about the business and how important it is to retain control over your creative output. There's good lesson in that, folks. Jimmy says the key to a happy marriage is to have low expectations. <laughs> and, right, his summer job, he's been traveling every year for 40 Decades. years on tour, right? Mm -hmm. So concert touring is his income. So when he's home, he tries to make that time count as much as he can. This is back when the kids were growing up. When the kids were off from school, everybody goes out and travels with Jimmy. And he says they loved to see the circus, which if you've been to a Jimmy Buffett show, it is kind of a circus. Jimmy, on the other hand, says he wants his kids to have a better sense of the world in an earlier age than I did, which is fantastic. Self-admittedly, Jimmy says he is not a good disciplinarian. I am Peter Pan. Yeah. Jane runs the show sure. and pays the rent. Hard to see it otherwise. Yeah, like Jane pays the bills and keeps us uh -huh. all very... She's the general mm -hmm. around the place. And to me, like Jane provides the love and the safe space that keeps Jimmy and his boundless energy and enthusiasm focused and channeled into positive and constructive ways while still encouraging the spirit that he has. I love Jane. She has provided a wonderful foundation. I think that uh, Jimmy repays that to her, not only with the love and happiness of their marriage, but here's your other bookend from Come Monday. It's a song called Coast of Carolina. And if you look at them, oh gosh, it's written as the other side of Come Monday. And after a whole lot of years and love. And this song is co-written by my other favorite guy, Mac McAnally. You do love Mac McAnally. Who has written McAnally. the best trashy divorces ballad of all time all these years. But that's not the focus of this story today. Anyway. All right. Coast of Carolina. I can't see the future, but I know it's coming fast. It's not hard to wind up knee deep in the past. It's come a lot of Mondays since the phone booth that first night. Through years and miles and tears and smiles, I want to get it right. I love this line. Uh, from the bottom of my heart off the coast of Carolina, after one or two false starts, I believe we found our stride. And I, I thought he was going to rhyme Carolina with like 
I wanna or yeah. something. I believe we found our stride and the walls that won't come down, we can decorate or climb or find some way to get around. Because I'm still on your side from the bottom of my heart. I love that as the sweetest little bookend to the best love story that I ever heard. I love it. I love it so hard. I love this love story. It is one of my favorite ones. Maybe a few deep breaths. You're very cute. I mean, come on. In the walls that won't come down... Hell, we can decorate or climb or find some way to get around. Because I'm still by your side. Like, that you're, is... You're not shaking that off at all. <laughs> that is the love. So not a divorce. No trash cans. Just sunsets and coconut bras and a blender loaded up to spend some margaritas. There you go. Maybe virgin margaritas these days. He does drink on Sunday. Okay. Good. That's... You know, if you can find a place of moderation... I had more fun researching... This trashy divorces story than oh I know you've been I love popping it. into my office for days with fun facts about Jimmy and Jane <laughs> and like okay well done Jimmy and Jane forty three years absolutely not always bliss but a testament to finding the one God I love it sometimes you find a way to work it out and you hit your stride I mean the eighties were a weird decade so maybe taking the decade off was not terrible. Got eight years off for bad behavior. I feel like things picked up a lot in the 90s. (laughs) That's it. That's another week of trashy divorces. Oh, Jimmy, it has been a lovely cruise. You lived your life like a song and we are all better for it. Thank you, Mr. Buffett, for being part of my everyday for so many decades now. Sending all the love to Jane and Jimmy's family and the Parrot Head family worldwide. Wishing all of you a wonderful Labor Day weekend, too. We're going to be back on Wednesday with a brand new episode. But until then, if you're looking for a little bit more trash candy, patreon.com slash trashy divorces is the place to go to show a little support for our podcast here. Get some ad free and early episodes, dumpster dives and bonus divorces, too. Also, right out of Trashy Divorces HQ here. We have two other podcasts that you may love. Monday brings you Alicia's fan favorite, Done and Done. And Thursday brings you Trashy Royals, where we are dipping into the Trashy Victorians. Always something happening around here. Our boat never sits still for very long. Sail on, sailors. Big love to y'all. Keep your hands clean. Keep your hearts trashy, friends. Bye. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at CarbonMade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at TrashyDivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at TrashyDivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at Patreon.com slash TrashyDivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly 
slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there, and thanks again, everybody, for listening. Keep it trashy, y'all.